and I trust, in this, they will do justice to me. When I mention any exhibition that impressed me as absurd or disagreeable, I do not seek to connect it, or recognize it as necessarily connected with, any essentials of their creed. When I treat of the ceremonies of the Holy Week, I merely treat of their effect, and do not challenge the good and learned Dr. Wiseman's interpretation of their meaning. When I hint a dislike of nunneries for young girls, who abjure the world before they have ever proved or known it, or doubt the ex officio sanctity of all priests and friars, I do no more than many conscientious Catholics, both abroad and at home. I have likened these pictures to shadows in the water, and would fain hope that I have, nowhere, stirred the water so roughly as to mar the shadows. I could never desire to be on better terms with all my friends than now, when distant mountains rise once more in my path. For I need not hesitate to avow that, bent on correcting a brief mistake I made not long ago in disturbing the old relations between myself and my readers— and departing for a moment from my old pursuits, I am about to resume them, joyfully in Switzerland, where, during another year of absence, I can at once work out the themes I have now in my mind without interruption, and while I keep my English audience within speaking distance, extend my knowledge of a noble country, inexpressibly attractive to me. This book is made as accessible as possible, because it would be a great pleasure to me if I could hope, through its means, to compare impressions with some among the multitudes who will hereafter visit the scenes described with interest and delight. And I have only now, in passport-wise, to sketch my reader's portrait, which I hope may be thus suppositiously traced for either sex. Complexion, fair. Eyes, very cheerful. Nose, not supercilious. Mouth, smiling. Visage, beaming. General expression, extremely agreeable. Chapter 1. Going Through France on a fine Sunday morning, in the midsummer time and weather of 1844, it was, my good friend, when— Don't be alarmed. Not when two travellers might have been observed slowly making their way over that picturesque and broken ground by which the first chapter of a middle-aged novel is usually attained But when an English travelling carriage of considerable proportions— fresh from the shady halls of the Pantechnican near Belgrave Square, London, was observed by a very small French soldier, for I saw him look at it, to issue from the gate of the Hotel Maurice in the Rue Rivoli at Paris. I am no more bound to explain why the English family travelling by this carriage, inside and out, should be starting for Italy on a Sunday morning, of all good days in the week, than I am to assign a reason for all the little men in France being soldiers, and all the big men postilions, which is the invariable rule. But they had some sort of reason for what they did, I have no doubt, 
and their reason for being there at all was, as you know, that they were going to live in fair Genoa for a year, and that the head of the family purposed, in that space of time, to stroll about wherever his restless humour carried him. And it would have been small comfort to me to have explained to the population of Paris generally that I was that head and chief, and not the radiant embodiment of good humour who sat beside me in the person of a French courier, best of servants and most beaming of men. Truth to say, he looked a great deal more patriarchal than I, who, in the shadow of his portly presence, dwindled down to no account at all. There was, of course, very little in the aspect of Paris, as we rattled near the dismal morgue and over the Pont Neuf, to reproach us for our Sunday travelling.